Hello and welcome to Two Nerds Sitting on a Couch, in which two nerds sit on a couch and discuss science fiction and fantasy. The problem with traditional zombie movies is that they're dead, or undead. The only thing that kills them traditionally is a headshot, because there's something about the brain like, while, in fact, they are acting like they don't have a brain, the brain is the most important thing. They want to eat brains. If you, you know, hurt their brain, they die. Actually, can I just interject for a second? Mm -hmm. The movie where the brain-eating thing comes from, um, which is Return of the Living Dead, a headshot won't do it either, actually. Like, okay, well, like, I don't want to hear about your facts. Okay, I'm, you, I'm just I'm telling, telling you. I'm telling you about zombies. Okay. Everybody knows Okay. you have to shoot a zombie in the head to kill it. Sure. And that they want to eat brains and that they are dead because if you, you can chop them up and they'll still like try and kill you like because for somehow they are magically animated mm -hmm. and like in, like sometimes they freeze but like sometimes they don't. And, and actually when you think about it, if you're talking about like magic or it's some sort of like demonic possession thing or like whatever it is. At this point, like, physics is out the window. Like, they're not pumping blood. No. They're not... In fact, like, they're not experiencing rigor mortis at all in no. general. In no. They're, like, physics doesn't apply. So when physics doesn't apply, like, pretty much all bets are off when it comes to, like, how you treat them in a story. Because it, you, are, you are on a different metaphorical level now. You're suspending disbelief on a level that defies physics. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I think that like I like I like it when you have movies like Twenty Eight Days Later, mm -hmm. um, where it's it's like it's like a modified rabies or or something. Um, but then you end up with fast zombies often. Sometimes you can have slow zombies. You know, like the Resident Evil ones are a mixture. I think. I mean, the dogs are definitely fast, but like the people are just sort of like sort of dumb and stilted. Um, but they're generally like even in Twenty Eight Days Later, they're not trying to shoot you they're not trying to hit you with an axe they're just, no. they just want to tear your throat out or whatever um and that's the thing i think is really interesting about the cell which is the stephen king um novel recently turned into a movie um he, he did the screenplay with uh i can't remember the other guy's name right and um, i and i looked it up so the novel was written in 2006 oh before the iphone came out that's actually interesting that is actually interesting now that i think about it I mean, so I read it just about when it came out, within a couple of years. Not many, you mm -hmm. know. And <laughs> I remember at the time thinking, oh, my God, like, this is so, like, I mean, I said this earlier, but, like, rap music, <laughs> we should call it crap music. You know, like, it, it even at the time, even yeah. before the invention of the iPhone, it felt like this, like, totally boomery, like tracked like about reactionary reactionary kids these days on their phones. <laughs> right. But I think that um, how in, it, the, yeah. in the movie it, it comes across as as being more like I mean you know just ten minutes into the movie once the the shit starts hitting the fan um, like my first reaction is wow this is a really heavy handed metaphor you mm -hmm. know what I mean this is 
he is really just beating you over the head with this. And I was like, well, maybe he'll go somewhere with it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what it comes down to is that all of us have our noses shoved in our phones and we're not looking at the world around us. Right. And and we're we're sort of isolating ourselves collectively. Mm-hmm. And and so for for this story that becomes like a hive mind. Everybody zapped by this pulse who was on the phone at the time um gets this sort of hive mind where they first go crazy, try to kill everybody, and mm-hmm. then they sort of like they all just sort of hum together and right. wander in circles. And they like yeah, they sort of evolve as a go cuz like the the you know, so he's like in the book I looked this up in the book, he's in Boston Common, mm-hmm. but in the movie, he's at the airport, which I actually think is actually a better location, right? Because you know everybody's on their phones and and in upset and everything sucks anyway. You know what right. I mean? Like it's a it's a really good tense location because it, like being in an airport sucks. Yeah. Well, and I mean you're trying to you have to sit there and wait, you know, and that's something right. that phones are great for. But I think the thing that's like really ironic about all of this is that you can totally have Stephen King's book, The Cell, on your phone at the airport, yeah. reading it, you know, or watching the movie on your phone at the airport. I mean, like, that's, like, the the the, the problem with that, and this is why it's so heavy-handed, I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess people should spend less time on their phones and more time with their friends or whatever, but, I mean... It's ignoring the reality that you're not you're not dissociating from the world, you're connecting with it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times people just sort of want to pretend like you're you're being antisocial when, you know, what a lot of people are doing is sort of supplementing the conversation by looking things up. By mm-hmm. you know, I mean like rarely are they just like really just ignoring people. I mean, like, yeah, the kids do that all the time. But you know, that's fine. They really don't want to talk to us. And so what they're trying to do is pass the time. Like, yes, they're alleviating boredom, but they're doing it by connecting with a much wider world of culture. And so, like, what the problem with that heavy-handed metaphor is that it sort of sucks culture into it, too. It's saying that pop culture is this sort of zombie hive mind mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, the whole thing, at a certain point, I just, I'm like, well, fine. But you know what? You haven't changed my mind about how I want to interact with the world I mean, on it, my phone. And like, I and actually like so you failed. <laughs> like a, like on a practical level, I was like, you know, so you know, they're they they have all these shots of the people in the airport, you know, and they're all sort of like on their phones, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And I was like, this is actually inaccurate. Like I use my phone all the fucking time, right? Mm-hmm. I only have to call people when I have to like make a doctor's appointment. Like, right. I am never on my phone using it as a phone. Right, because what is a phone? It's right. It's not actually something it's you, not, it's, you don't, it's not, like, call people. It's not actually it's a... It's not remote remote listening, right, phone, telephone. Yes, right, which means remote listening. Yeah, or remote sound. Remote sound. Um, yeah, I mean, it means... It's remote data. Like, what, what's the, uh, their, uh, the Jumanji movie that they did recently that was a video game? Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the characters is this young girl who's just completely, like, Instagram obsessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when they meet somebody in, in Jumanji who's, you know, been there since the 90s, she keeps being like, oh, my God, my phone doesn't work and all this other stuff. And at some point he's like, I think... You mean phone and something completely different than what I do, which is completely yeah. accurate. Yeah, no, it is. And when Stephen King wrote the book, 
he wasn't talking about phones like that either. No. He was talking about like no. flip phones. It was basically just like a phone that you could take anywhere, a telephone that right. you would talk to people on right. and take anywhere. So I, I think that maybe in the book he wasn't necessarily um, making this sort of a heavy-handed, um, you know, culture cultural um, metaphor. But, you know, in the movie, I, it definitely was. Except it absolutely that, it, was. I, you know, I kind of felt that. I mean, the, the okay, so the other thing. So, number one, this was the very first um, uh, Stephen King zombie book. Like, he'd, mm-hmm. he'd never written anything zombie-like in this way. Yeah. I mean, like, I, the dedication, I think, is even, like, for George. Oh, nice. You know, asterisk Romero. Romero. Right. Um, and then in addition, not R.R. Martin. <laughs> Martin. Um, and then additionally in text, and they even did it in the movie as well. They name checked, um, Neil Stevenson. Right. Because of S- specifically snow crash. Right. Which was about kind of like, um, blue screening people remotely. Right. right. Um, like the, hacking the stories people. are completely different, but you know, I mean, yeah. Right turning them into a sort of a sort of a hive mind but programming them. Right. And and I think that that's sort of ultimately for sure what he's trying to do in the book. I think that that comes across less clearly in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um because actually the the movie excises I just you know like I didn't remember it very well so I just looked up the plot again mm-hmm. and there's a lot more like psychic fuckery going on. Like, oh yeah, because, it, there would have to be right, and so there's there's all this stuff with the you know, and in very Stephen Kingian way, like the they everybody there's all these like neologisms about what they call everything, and like the mm-hmm. the initial thing is called the, the pulse. <laughs> They're called the phoners. The the there's this like character that shows up to everybody in dreams that they call the raggy. Yeah, Randall, <laughs> Randall Flag, but also they call him in text the Raggedy Man, which is the guy in the hoodie. The other guy um, called him the President of the Internet. The crazy guy who is like the, you know, just like in the stand. I mean, there's, there's, yes, like that's the thing about this. It's like the whole time I'm like, yep, this is really kingy, and yeah, but I don't even care. I mean, I like Stephen King as an author. I yeah, read I do all too. This stuff growing up, and it's like, fine. You know, there's, there's really nothing wrong with the movie. It's like it's got John Cusack in it, so look, you know. Really? I just thought, I just felt like, <laughs> I just felt like he was phoning it in. Oh! Oh! Yeah. High five. No, but I mean, I, I just, I like, it was like the deployment of like one million Stephen King writerly ticks that yeah. don't actually cohere into anything that's kind of Well, and then ultimately he doesn't even, like, he takes the Chekhovian ice cream truck bomb. And then just sets it on the mantle and walks away. You know what I mean? Like, he <laughs> yeah. tries to get all, like, Brazil. And it's like, ooh, look at my dark ending, which you think is a good ending. But then it's not. Right, right. And it's like, ugh. Oh, and okay. actually, and actually the. But the, it was totally the finger of God from the stand. Let's just blow everything up at the end. That's right, what he wants right. to do. Didn't he blow up the Overlook Hotel as well? Yeah. Everything blows up in the end. Actually, That's... he blew it up in the, the second movie. The Mr. Uh, Dr. Sleep. Oh, well, whatever. It got blown up, though, right? Yeah, he blew it up. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I, I think that, that like, the, the, thing, the thing that, that I think is interesting about these zombies, though, mm-hmm. which I think makes it just a fine movie, because as far as, like, I mean, there wasn't, like, a bunch of jump scares, but there was definitely, like, 
a fear of the other. I mean, I think that it, there was a lot of suspense in it, you know, like, especially mm. when they meet that couple who's like, oh, we're going to Cachoac. Let's drink and get drunk. And then she, like, ends up letting them in. You know, I mean, like, there's, there's like, say. spooky parts of it where you're just like, ah, when they all, like, look around and then go, ah, yeah. together. I mean, I mean, like, there's creepy bits. No, there are, cre- I, completely admittedly, there are creepy bits. And I thought that the one that you named Chip specifically when they're, like, in the diner, mm-hmm. like, that, that was actually super well done. I feel like that was one of the few that was actually legitimately, like... Yeah. Oh my god! Well, you know. I feel like there were there were parts that were supposed to be worse, like when they drive the truck over all the bodies in the field, spraying yeah. them with gasoline, and then setting them on fire. I feel like I was supposed to be more horrified, but it was also CGI and made up. That just I just didn't, didn't care. It just I was didn't just sort work. of like, uh huh. Yeah, okay. I mean, also because like the sort of horror of like driving over those bodies the way they are, and then they get stuck, and he's like, "Yeah, I think probably just somebody's head stuck in the wheel well." Yeah, and it's like they're. You know, <laughs> like, I feel like that's supposed to be like, a, oh, do you see how they're losing their humanity already? Mm-hmm. But, like, this hasn't been going on long enough for me to actually feel that. Like, I don't feel yeah. that. Although they did, uh, you know, this is a problem with a lot of these zombie movies, especially ones where they are not undead, you know. And, and just to kind of circle back around, these are tool-using zombies. Mm-hmm. They come at you with axes, and mm-hmm. you have to defend yourself because they are fully, uh, like, capable of trying to kill you as well as having their all of their pain centers shut off so they are they are extra deadly extra deadly than normal right. people would be right well like advantage you can shoot them anywhere not just in the head disadvantage right. they're gonna get you with an axe right yep no totally and and you can like i mean you can break their legs and they can't walk and that's great you know i mean like right they're, uh, they're not like paranormal zombies but well they are totally paranormal but just in like the psychic way but just in the but just (laughs) right i mean and also just in the regular like i mean obviously every single zombie that exists does violates the laws of physics but that's just like regular but you know i mean i kind of got a little bit of 5g panic off of this where it's like (laughs) you know i mean it's like looking at all of the the cell phone towers like all of these like creepy Mm -hmm. atmospheric shots of like and and half of them Aren't even cell phone towers. No, that's They're just like regular microwave, microwave relay towers, which have nothing to do with whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. The point is, we're being saturated by all of this stuff that's the signal in the air, mm-hmm. and like you know, and so he turns it into this kind of psychic slurry, mm-hmm. which is it, it. Just it feels a little bit like you know, oh, our our Wi-Fi is is killing us, and it's like that's not Come on. how this works. Like no. you know, I mean, we shield the microwave, yeah, because it would heat us up the same way it heats anything up. Right. You right. know, like you don't want that. I mean, yes, it's radiation. You know what else is radiation? The heat coming off of your body that you generate mm-hmm. by being human. Yeah. Like that's radiation. Do you, know, do you know what radiation is? Visible light. Yeah. We're being bombarded by radiation all, <laughs> all the, time. the time. So, you know, we've got these tool using zombies who can talk to each other uh, or communicate or understand each other via yeah, hive, it's, mind, it's hive mind telepathy. Yeah. Um so I mean the, the, the basic story is really just, you know, starts in the airport. Everybody freaks out. Anybody who was on a phone turns into one. Right. There's mass chaos. Um, they they form a, a small group relatively quickly to try and get somewhere. Like pretty right. pretty standard apocalypse fair. Yep. Um, with with the zombies who are trying to kill you. Well, and also <laughs> I mean that one of the tropes that it deploys immediately, which I is a really annoying trope to me, is the 
father goes to find his children in the apocalypse. Right, especially the one who had had the, you know, kind of separated from his family and right. regretting it. And and clearly also a total dickweed. You know what I mean? Like it's right. not it's, it's not it's not daddy issues. Yeah, it's not just a it's not just a father trying to find his children. It's an absent and um delinquent father who is trying to find his children. Yeah. Which is just like, yeah, I guess. Like, it took you the end of the world to decide that you should pay your fucking child support. Like, that's yeah. what that's how I read that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. He's he's a, he's a deadbeat dad, and he's, like, trying to make up for it or something. But um, the one of the things I thought was interesting was the... So the president of the internet, or whatever his name is... It's Raggedy Man in the Raggedy book, Man. but they call him president of the internet. So you see he's wearing, this... like, a Harvard sweatshirt, and he's it's wearing, like, yeah. you know, that made me wonder if this isn't some sort of placeholder for this is the guy who invented this thing in mm. his dorm room and he's being personified as this sort of um you know this sort of randall flag character you know like that he's he's the he's the harbinger of the apocalypse and that was one of the things that i thought that like there's definitely like there's potential in the idea of your cell phone making you into a swarming mass because like I mean, I see this on the, like, we, I was just discussing this today with people that, you know, like, there's a, there's a certain kind of fandom of the certain book series, and if you say anything about that series, they will show up and rip your face off. Oh, this is, it's real politics, too. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me started. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's... yeah. No, but I mean, but it, like, and, it, and it's also, like, it, but it, it's, like, especially egregious with a specific fandom where it's just like they will show up and somebody will be like i need a book that i for my eight-year-old daughter and this person will show up and be like you should read them this and it's like that's not appropriate for an eight-year-old you know what i mean like any time somebody looks for a book recommendation these people will show up like zombies and be like you should read this book series which fandom is it Nietzsche? I, I'm not gonna say it actually, but there's because there's more. There's actually more than one. This is a specific oh, one, but yeah. like people, people are funny about like why are, did you rate this book that I loved so low? You right. gave it four stars and it deserves five. Right. We're but fight right, and there's and like you know there's definitely a whole class of fandoms generally with like white male authors that you just fucking look out right. if you say anything about that shit. And they'll argue your enjoyment. They're like, you shouldn't, you know, this is a great book. You shouldn't hate it. Or you shouldn't have disliked it because it's clearly well written. Right. And it's like, well, obviously, I mean, it can be well written and I can still dislike it. Like, yeah. It's not well, a thing. I mean, and what you're talking about is a kind of like, I mean, it's sort of like neuro-linguistic programming in the right. snow crash sense where you induce certain responses. I mean, mm -hmm. like you can trigger them. Mm -hmm. By by saying certain things in certain ways, you can, and, and this is not just true of that, but it's true of almost anything. And and this is something that like I this is this is my little hobby horse, mm -hmm. where um, I think that this this sort of thing has been weaponized, particularly in election cycles, mm -hmm. where you'll see, um, you know, the news cycle will will ebb and flow, but you'll see people talking about stuff. And they do it in advertising too. You know, they've mm -hmm. just they've honed social media to the point where they can get people talking about things, um, and and they've been doing this for for decades. You know, I mean, this right. isn't new with social media. Social media just gives them a much more powerful tool with a lot more leverage that they can they can sort of right. make people have the same conversations. Like you go on the internet to find the arguments 
for the argument you're having so that you can argue it. You know right. what I mean? And right. so everybody's using the same arguments. And, and when you come up with a with a with an original one, people short circuit. You know, right. I mean, like when they you don't actually, even know how like, to deal this, with this it. This is kind of the thing where I remember with, with my dad, where I was like, um, you, you know, they were talking about condoms and the Catholic Church, where it was like, you know, you shouldn't, you can't use condoms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why not? And they were like, well, you know, you got to give, like, you need, you need to be able to let God roll the dice or whatever, you know, because it's up to God whether you not you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And and then you know we started talking about this natural family planning, which it's like ninety eight percent effective. And I'm like, condoms are ninety eight percent effective. Right. What's the moral difference? If they're both 98% effective, what's the moral difference between them? Mm-hmm. And not a single person in that Catholic family could answer me. They were like, well, you should make a humanity, humanity vitae by the Pope, Which whatever. you read, and, and it I had read nothing it, and to it do had with nothing it. to do with it. He said, well, I suspect that condoms might be a problem, but, you know, I'll have to think about it. And that was all he ever said. He never said condoms were bad. Right. That's something that, that like, they just sort of programmed themselves into believing and and once I sort of like pointed that out, they just sort of blue screened on me, and that was it. <laughs> like that was that was the end of the conversation, and it was like it turns out you can win an argument, and it just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, like that's the, yeah. the problem with that is that it's like so everybody is like having these canned arguments mm-hmm. about stuff, and and like that's and that's how it propagates is you get the new version of it. It's almost like canned belief systems that we have where there's. And, and, it, and it just sort of travels right. this, this sort of Stephen Kingian way. Like today, there was a thing where somebody was like, if you have this, there's like a little M in a, in a circle emote, like the region code M. And they're like, if you have that in your name, just just unfollow me now because that's a bunch of toxic whatever. And I tried to look it up. I couldn't even figure out what they were talking about. I was I'm like, sure there's some cute bullshit, and which, is, which is what I'm starting to say about why I think there is a version of Cell that could... Speak to that. <laughs> this one didn't. This one, this one didn't speak to that. Right. To the sort of internet swarming, to the sort of mm-hmm. uh, rote repetition of, of tired arguments mm-hmm. over and over again. The way, you know, people sort of individually, you know, lonely are all then together in their fucking sea lining you know <laughs> what i mean the thing. collectively as as a you know as a group we're incredible at all kinds of stuff like as a group we can do things that that individuals could never do yeah you know, i mean like you can predict the future as a if you have a big enough group you right. can you can do anything you and, can and find out how many jelly beans are in a fucking jar yeah i mean like you let enough people guess and you'll get the right answer it's a pretty cool thing and, and I, I think that what so what king didn't really do he he did like the kind of the the snow crash neurolinguistic programming where ba- basically what you do is you take whatever individuality and free will that somebody had and you replace it with a very simple program mm-hmm. and, right and yeah, that's they, not they, all they, that great yeah because it's like they're like ants or whatever when yeah. they just they hang out together they attack things they i mean and you know the the one thing i appreciate about about it is that like as it goes on, they get more and more sophisticated. Right. Like the, the hive mind learns. Yeah. Like I do like that about that because yeah. that's not, you know, like, like 28 days later is about something completely different, but you know, like a rage zombie or a rage person in that is not going to learn anything. They're not right. going to be, they're not moving on. You right. know what I mean? They're just right. going to rip your face off. Well, and also this is, this is, um, 
more about like the fear of the fear of crowds, like the fear of an indi- that an individual would have of standing out. That like I don't. That, we had kind of briefly talked about how it's like a very two A thing where they yeah. go find a person who's got like a you can take my guns when you prime for my cold dead fingers, and they're like we should go. And in then there they literally pry and, them from their cold dead and fingers. Go get all the guns. <laughs> I mean, but it's it's kind of like a um, you know I mean it's like that kind of purge view of yep. of a liberal is is just a Republican who hasn't acknowledged reality yet. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like so totally. when when the when the shit hits the fan, they're all going to be prying my gun out of my cold dead fingers because guns are inherently useful in the right. apocalypse. Yeah, you know they're just they're just ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. And so like that sort of shows up in this movie a little bit, which I think is 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 pretty funny because yeah, I mean of course guns are going to be useful in an apocalypse, but we don't really have one right now, so <laughs> yeah, so it's not in this part of the world. Right. But yeah, and and I and I do think though that there was a heavy dose of like technological fear because we've had this sort of zombie thing and like what like invasion of the body snatchers thing where it's like the fear of the of the the you know, the crowd that's coming to get you and they're all this hive mind, you know, and just go to sleep and you'll become one of us. You know, mm, I mean, that sort of yeah. thing, um, which by the end, I mean, like, obviously that that ending was super bleak because it's like the the triple ending, right? Like, yeah, where, where I, you've got the, the ending that you think happened and then you have the ending that was the fantasy ending and then you have like the real ending. Right. Which right. is just sort of like, yep. Yeah. I guess. Although, I gotta say, I feel like the book actually ends completely differently. Does it end with a giant finger of God blowing up Randall Flagg <laughs> in the middle of the Las Vegas desert? Not as far as I'm aware. Um, it He does manage to get his son. Uh-huh. Um, his son, even though he's, you know, blown up the raggedy man slash king of the internet, mm-hmm. um, is still a phone zombie or whatever they call mm-hmm. and phoner. uh phoner yeah um and so but he like there's there's actually like multiple versions of the pulse and so uh he's apparently exhibiting signs of like the second version of the pulse and so the you know the ending is uh the dad like dialing a phone and then putting it to his son's ear because, like, if you get the two different um, pulse signals, they'll cancel each other out. Oh, is the idea? I see. But like, you don't see the aftermath of that. Right. So it's just like this is just the sort of like hope hail, it works. Hope it works? <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Um, but they're in like Canada, like like you know, in this, um, which which actually legitimately is a three thousand times better ending than what we saw here. Like I mm-hmm. I just I feel like. The whole like uh, that the fact that I win is a dream and now it's all bleak and I'm a zombie is just like I just feel like that's that's pretty tired. I don't know. Well, it's almost like he couldn't decide how he wanted it to end, so he was like, "Let's you know, just have eight hundred endings." Like Clue, where it's like, "Let's just put them all in there <laughs> for the VCR version. It'll be great." Yeah. No, but unlike Clue, it wasn't any fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just. I mean, I guess it's bleak. I just. But I also just feel like, like yeah, I mean, because it's just like the, the the problem is you have this actually pretty interesting idea that you could say something about, you know, whether you like it or not. Like mm-hmm. phones have an enormous impact on our daily mm-hmm. lives, for for better and worse. But I mean, you can't you can't deny what that the I mean, the internet 
has is the industrial revolution of our era. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is underpinning everything in our mm-hmm. society right now globally. Mm-hmm. It, it has it has brought the entire world together in a way that we kind of don't like because there's a bunch of people we don't like on the internet. <laughs> I see people on the internet, people who write about like hot button issues, and the, you know, and they they they'll say things like. I have to constantly tell my family not to tag me anything so that I don't get fucking swatted. You right. know what I mean? Like that, that there's this very dangerous electronic world going on around us at mm-hmm. all times that if we get targeted by some fucking phone crazies, mm-hmm. it could have very like lethal effects on our lives. I mean, there are a crap ton of people who don't think that there is any issue with, you know, um, attacking somebody because one of their the people they follow on the internet was affronted by them, and so they'll go do these personal attacks, yeah. rape threats, death yep. threats. Yeah, and no, it's like, I know. And they don't think that that's a problem. It's like, oh, I'm just trolling them, and it's like you're actively ruining somebody's life, and you don't even realize it. I mean, they shouldn't let you on the internet, but yet here we are. You know, yeah. that's and that's you know that's the, the yeah. it's a live wire. You know, it's you have to be able to. Um, communicate freely, but then the downside is people can communicate freely. Right. I mean, right. I, I'm not saying that we need to like have some sort of internet driver's license or anything, but um, it wouldn't be. It, you know, whether whether that would matter. be whether that'd be a good idea or not, it doesn't matter because it's I, not possible. I mean, I think in a very real sense, this sort of neurolinguistic programming is exactly like you brought up Q, but that's exactly what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. What we're, I mean, and, and the cell, we're far afield from that at this point. Yeah. That would have been a better movie. Is talking about how people were <laughs> basically programmed to go to the Capitol and have an uprising, and it very nearly did some damage it wouldn't have worked but it very nearly like got very important people killed and would have created a massive they 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 wanted they wanted to assassinate mike pence yeah they still do you know i mean and then that that starts opening the door for all kinds of chaos you know Mm -hmm. which which is is what this movie should have been about because it doesn't even take very much Mm -hmm. i mean it turns out like all you have to do is just sort of wave your hands and like gesticulate mysteriously and people will be like, oh my God, you're totally right. <laughs> you know, and it turns out it's just a troll, but then at that point it's too late. And now you've neurolinguistically programmed people to try and, you know, throw an insurrection. Yeah. And, you know, the people while doing it are completely convinced that what they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. And yet when you give them arguments for why it's not, they blue screen. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, can't they can't get on the internet and, and find an yeah. example of, of, a, of a rebuttal for you. Right. You know, and it's like, and, and that's kind of what I think the movie is about is that sort of like mindless, um, like, well, if I, if I, if I don't have an original thought, then, you know, I'll have to go, I'll have to go consult my phone to figure out what I think. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Which is I fine, feel like, but then that's heavy handed. Like, it's just, it's heavy handed. Yeah. I was going to say, <coughs> I feel like that's, I mean, I feel like we're putting some of that on there. No, I, that's just, true. This just, is more tech fear just, than anything. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is just this is just the sort of dumbest version possible of the right. conversation I we mean, just had. It is just it's it's a it's a way to make a zombie movie. Which this is our it's second fine. second zombie movie that we've done on our podcast. podcast. Yep, this is the second. Um, which I think is really fascinating because it's in a lot of ways not a very traditional zombie movie. No, and the no, fact no, that no. they are tool users, they're fast, they're alive. 
Um, but they are, and they're a hive mind, yeah. and they're there's so they're psychic. There's and, so much going in on. In classic there. Stephen King fashion, you never really figure out what's going on because no, that's not the point. The point is the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and he's really good at apocalypses. Yeah, I mean, I just I loved the first half of the stand. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was such great Solid. apocalypse writing. I was riveted that I read the the whole thing, even though the rest of it was trash. Like that whole but thing I mean, was really but he great. did he did such a cool job of like you know like he shows all the just like the initial deaths and then there's all the secondary deaths and yeah. there's all the you yep. know and it, like as as things break down things break down right and and like and his his view that that sort of gives you these little stories of of people and 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 stepped on a nail and got tetanus and died yeah. or like. Got I, I did too many drugs and barfed and then died. And then died. Yeah, I mean, and so, which is, I mean, I guess that's maybe a little bleak, but I also just sort of appreciate it as a sort of, I mean, uh, some of the my favorite zombies stories are like um, uh, World War Z, mm-hmm. the book, which has this extremely global view and little vignettes all over the world. Yeah. Which which gives you this, you know, it's like every night is the last night, you know. Yeah. And that's and I I find that kind of storytelling really I mean there's something really powerful in those just little bitty stories. Yeah. Which, well, but I, I think that the thing that Stephen King does really well is is characters. I mean, I think he makes his characters pretty individual. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can say things about them without you like you can describe them as people. And I think that that's what's kind of funny about this one is like they're totally Kingian characters. You know, I mean, it and it, and it, it is really reminiscent of The Stand and that there's a couple of people who are really different and they get together and then they have to go on this like you know hero's quest somewhere or whatever mm-hmm. and they're and they're like kind of all of a sudden buddies who act like they've been friends forever and that's a really kingian way of it's yeah. like stand by me all of a sudden all over again you know I mean and I guess it's like it, here I just kind of didn't feel like it worked I mean I think no I think I think yes normally he does a really good job of sort of differentiating people and whatever but I just felt like he was just checking boxes or something yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I just, no, that's true. It what it didn't. I didn't read the book though, so I don't know how. Well, I'm just saying well that realized I, those characters were. But I, I mean, didn't think that they were particularly well realized. Is I guess what I'm saying. No, that's that's true. I guess I was more talking about how they they bonded really quickly. You know. Oh sure. They would like invite new people into their group, and then all of a sudden they're all best buddies, and they're really sad when they die. But which I get. I mean, you know. I, I imagine in a crisis situation like that, you'd bond pretty fucking fast. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, but that's what I like about it. Like he does his apocalypses really well. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I think that the, no, this this one was as a zombie apocalypse goes, pretty. It was pretty good, only because it's like you know you've got this ravenous horde chasing you in some sort of like hive mind fashion, like I am Legend, you know, with the, the yeah, vampires yeah. and that. Um, and it turns out they have a motivation, right? Which you know, right. in 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 the cell, it's not entirely clear, other than assimilation, what that motivation might be, because most of what they do is run around in big circles. Yeah. So I mean, they, I think assimilation that. is the only thing in the book that yeah. they're just trying to get you. I mean, the big thing is, <laughs> so here's here's the problem with real real life zombies, like physics obeying zombies. At some point, that crowd is going to start falling over dead yeah. from exhaustion and hunger. And even if they're eating each other, they're not going to last that long. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can only last for, well, and that, you know. And, that, and that's definitely true in the book. Like, they go north to Canada and, and just sort of wait for them to, like, 
die of exposure. Yeah. Which they which would be really which quick. would make sense really yeah. quick. I mean, it's like the, it's like twenty eight weeks later when basically, you know, twenty eight weeks is long enough for basically everybody to be dead. Yeah, I <laughs> hope you don't get reinfected. <laughs> which turns out, <laughs> yeah, or otherwise you wouldn't have a movie. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I, I guess in terms of zombie movies, it was it, it had enough of its uh, of a twist on the genre to to be unique you know i i think sure. that like like the, having the tool use was was that was pretty good yeah you know having having them be like alive but reprogrammed was interesting as a concept sure. you know so i don't know I, I i appreciated that part of it yeah and i guess i appreciate that part of it but i i still don't think the film was very successful i mean i just yeah uh, who gives a shit i i no, guess it's I mean, my problem yeah that's that's i'm probably not gonna watch it again even though it has john no in it. i mean the 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 one thing the one zombie movie it made me think of is there's this french canadian film called um ravenous oh yeah les affamés mm-hmm. i believe is the french and um that one um similar to this is one of those like road trippy ones you yeah. know like i think there's kind of like two kinds of zombie movies there's uh the siege kind mm-hmm. or the road trip kind right and so this is a that one is a road trip kind it's all out in um um, like very rural um, French Canada, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those zombies are fucking weird mm-hmm. because they do things like they all come together and they'll 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 build these giant edifices, these giant like obelisks of like domestic shit, like stuff, chairs and tables and clothes and mm-hmm. whatever. So so they all like hang out doing this shit mm-hmm. and it's completely inexplicable. Right. And 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 the film never explains it. Yeah. Like it's just this like you know, when the when the living people like you know, like there there's one scene in particular that I remember very clearly is like so there's this like clearing because they're in a very heavily forested area. So there's this clearing and there's this huge pile of shit in the middle mm-hmm. and there's all of these zombies like looking at it. And, you know, so the, the living people like creep up and they're kind of standing in the in the tree line. And like like one of the zombies is there pulling the string on one of those dolls that cries when mm-hmm. you pull the string. <laughs> It's the most horrific scene of all time. Like, those dolls are the scariest thing on earth at this point. Right. You know? And, like, but what I really dug about it is that, like, clearly the zombies are doing something. or And they're all together on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Nobody ever finds out. Right. Because they're zombies. And that's what's creepy about zombie movies. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're all all doing something. They're all doing something. And we're all doing something. We're we're just like them. (laughs) Yeah, and, and there's a lot about, like, the Ravenous movie that I, I feel very, like, I don't even fucking know. But, like, that movie is so compelling to me. Like, I've watched it a couple times now. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I have any answers about what the hell is going on in it. Yeah. But I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. You know, like, like it's so um, bizarre and beautiful and strange. Yeah, you know, it's funny the way you describe that, like, as a road trip movie of the apocalypse, there is a movie called Bokeh, which is a couple in, I believe, Iceland, mm. and 
And, and it's kind of the opposite of a zombie movie hmm. in the sense that most, like, everybody in the world disappears. Yeah. They're just gone. Yeah. They're not just, like, they're not just zombies. They're just gone. So it allows the movie to sort of focus on the, the this couple who's left, and they're just sort of driving around almost aimlessly because what do you do right. when everybody disappears? Like, well, what do you do in the apocalypse? And, like, I mean, kind of what you do is you slowly go crazy. <laughs> Um, and it was and it was a very like kind of emotionally intense film that way mm-hmm. in a way that like generally these zombie apocalypses tend not to be because they're focused on uh, you know running away or or you know driving a gasoline truck through fields right. of zombies. Yeah, there's all this you know, like sort of panic like, stuff and that you're murder. Doing. And they sort of gesture at the emotional qualities by having them drinking while doing it, <laughs> which is I guess shorthand for this is hard. Right. But it doesn't come across. It, you don't no. get that sort of emotional impact. And in the hands of a better um, director, you know, like maybe maybe the next zombie movie we should do is Pontypool because oh I think that, that one is just a brilliant story, and it and it really gets to the heart of it's this. Beautiful. this. That's the movie that Cell should have been. Yeah, it, because <laughs> that one is also very similar to Cell and Snow Crash and similar. It's the it's a language virus. Yeah, you know it's the it's a it's a it's a virus transmitted by language, and so everything you say becomes this like scary thing. Yeah, which is I'm fucking there for it. Yeah, you know, yep. like I am so there for. Well, that. let's do that one. Let's do that one next because I think that that will be a good palate cleanser for yes. the cell. Which, yes, I mean. I don't know. I try to find something nice about all of these movies, but like, yeah, there's there's some nice things about this movie. There's generally yeah. though, it was I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could come up with three later. compliments and then I'm done. Yeah, you know? I'm not gonna watch it again. Nope. I, I I'm have good. no need to watch it again. Yep, but I kind of felt like I had to watch it just because I completism. I don't know. Sorry. No. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got it's got an interesting twist on the genre, so it's worth watching for that, I guess. Right. Once. And I guess I was kind of curious what they, you know, like, I read the book. I thought the book was kind of bad. Yeah. I was curious to see if they could make it not bad. Turns out they couldn't. The what are you going to do? I don't know. High five? High five!